Thanks for tuning in. I'm Sarah Lee, and this is the Influence Watch podcast. In this episode, we'll cover just how much Democrats love the things they profess to hate. As we reveal, they've outspent Republicans in the 2020 election cycle using, quote, dark money to pay for political ads and discuss their recent embrace and affection for the devil they know, super PACs. Next, we'll revisit the vote by mail Fuhrer and tell you just what states like Michigan and Pennsylvania are willing to do to make sure voters won't need to cast an in-person vote in the 2020 election cycle, thereby risking that some of their votes will never be counted at all. And finally, we'll go over filmmaker Michael Moore's surprising apostasy on the green energy issue in his new documentary, Planet of the Humans, a film in which the grandfather of liberal propaganda proves wind turbines and solar arrays aren't up to the task of powering our current industrial civilization. To begin, let's go back in time a decade ago when the left-leaning side of the aisle spilled an enormous amount of ink and political capital on the issue of eliminating what they call, quote, dark money in politics. Dark money is a pejorative term the left coined to describe spending on political ads by nonprofit groups not required to report names and addresses of individual donors to the government. Democrats hated this kind of spending so much, it eventually led to the Supreme Court case Citizens United versus the FEC, which the liberal left lost when SCOTUS held that that kind of political spending was protected under the First Amendment right to free speech. In the wake of that decision, a new kind of political action committee known as the Super PAC was born, which allowed for unlimited political spending so long as no coordination or contribution was made to a candidate or party coffer. The left has been angry ever since, and even set about creating special PACs like End Citizens United, dedicated especially to electing candidates who promised to overturn Citizens United. But that anger may not have been as righteous as we thought, because it turns out that loss has been very good for Democrats in the 2020 election cycle so far. Not only have liberals embraced the super PAC with, according to The Hill, quote, goals ranging from boosting the presidential campaign of former Vice President Joe Biden to patching what they see as electoral holes in the Democrats' organizing strategy, end quote. But they've also spent three times what conservative groups have on dark money political ads so far in the 2020 election cycle. This is according to a report from the Center for Responsive Politics. The main player is Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer's Senate Majority PAC called Majority Forward. It has spent $2.9 million on TV ads in Arizona, Maine, and Michigan in recent months. That's a lot of money to throw at something you profess to hate. Speaking of things Democrats hate, the notion that people should show up to vote in the 2020 election cycle has become anathema to how progressives view the American electoral process, apparently, because they have been pushing vote by mail so hard, you'd think their very chances at victory depend on it. Using the coronavirus crisis as a justification, states like Michigan, Nevada, and Pennsylvania have followed California, which we covered last week on this show, and have taken steps to ramp up vote by mail, with the Keystone State recently distributing 92,000 absentee ballot applications and promotional flyers in food boxes given out across the city, according to a report from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Quote, Some voters may be wary of voting by mail because it's new to them, said Omar Sabir, a Philadelphia city commissioner. 
Voters may also be un- unsure that their ballots will be delivered or correctly counted. Quote, there's a lot of stigma around voting by mail, and some people are still saying they want to vote in person. But we don't want you to risk your life for a vote, he said. We want you to be safe. That's our first concern, end quote. While states like Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, and Colorado are planning to be nearly completely open as early as June, Michigan, Nevada, et al. are apparently planning on remaining closed, drawing the ire ire of the Trump administration, who rightly views vote by mail as a system ripe for voter fraud. Trump even went so far as threatening to withhold aid to states who, quote, illegally expand vote by mail on Wednesday, before withdrawing those threats later, according to the Wall Street Journal. Quote, State of Nevada thinks that they can send out illegal vote by mail ballots, creating a great voter fraud scenario for the state and the U.S. They can't, the president tweeted Wednesday. If they do, I think I can hold up funds to the state. Sorry, but you must not cheat in elections. End quote. As we've detailed before on this show, vote by mail is a ticket to voter fraud, and the president is not off base in his concerns. Our own investigative researcher, Hayden Ludwig, wrote on April 8th, quote, Ballot fraud is hardly unusual. The Heritage Foundation maintains a database of criminals convicted of absentee ballot fraud, roughly 150 since 2000. The Heritage Foundation's Hans von Spakovsky and Public Interest Legal Foundation President J. Christian Adams have described their chilling experience with systemic absentee ballot fraud, and they said, When both of us were at the Justice Department, we worked on a case in Noxubee County, Mississippi, where systematic voter fraud was being conducted by a local Democratic Party political machine. A central component of this fraud was mail ballots. Notaries paid by the machine would roam the county, plucking ballots from mailboxes and voting the ballots in place of the intended voter. Hayden finishes by noting that Von Spakovsky and J. Christian Adams concluded by saying voting by mail is the single worst form of election possible. Finally, here's a little hopeful surprise from the entertainment wing of national politics. Lefty filmmaker Michael Moore has apparently climbed down from his preachy perch with his new documentary film about the perils, you heard that right, of green energy, in his film, Planet of the Humans. And what is perhaps the biggest spoiler of the year, Moore sets about, according to a four-part review of the film by our own senior investigative researcher Ken Braun, debunking the myths surrounding green energy as a viable and clean energy alternative. And Moore has the receipts. According to Ken's review, quote, the film embarks on a relentless debunking of the cleanliness and effectiveness of all forms of supposedly green energy. Similarly, it exposes the movement's hypocritical leaders, who personally profit from the comfortable myths and subsidies they have been peddling for decades to credulous, left-leaning, upper-middle-class Americans. Al Gore, the Sierra Club, and Bill McKibben are just a few of the many green names that get a comeuppance, end quote. Ken's review covers how the film debunks the myths surrounding the efficacy of wind and solar industries, noting that, quote, producing solar panels and wind turbines requires a lot of energy, usually from fossil fuels, and they do not last very long or accomplish much, end quote. 
It also details the film's revelation that nearly, quote, 70% of the global renewable portfolio comes from biomass, which is the burning of trees, trash, and plants to produce electricity and ethanol, and not from wind turbines and solar panels. Ultimately, Ken concludes that while the film is surprisingly honest about the limits of alternative green energy solutions, it still fails to acknowledge that the energy solution leftists hate what gets us to greener pastures. Quote, the choice the film demands is a real one. Left-leaning environmentalists living a remotely comfortable existence can no longer have it both ways, thinking wind and solar energy will preserve their comfort while cutting out the carbon. The strength of Planet of the Humans is that it logically and factually eliminates the myths and makes them face that reality. The film's weakness is that it fails to consider what is possible outside of that choice. Giving up on the renewable energy illusion does not require surrendering capitalism or even giving up the goal of sharply reducing carbon emissions. Ken continues, quote, U.S. carbon emissions were 14.5 percent lower in 2017 than in 2007. The biggest contributor to this drop was not a shift to renewable energy, but a shift from coal to natural gas. This occurred because natural gas became cheaper to extract and burn relative to coal. It is a trend that will continue if left alone, as more electric power plants will convert from coal to natural gas. Planet of the Humans frequently denounces this shift and the hydraulic fracturing technology, fracking, that made it possible but never notes the impact this made on carbon emissions, end quote. We applaud Moore for his baby steps toward more realistic thinking on the green energy issue. Baby steps, after all, are better than no steps at all. That's our show for this week. We encourage you to subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And if you have subscribed, thank you, and please leave us a five-star rating. We'll see you next week.